Casey Gage from the Tangentialist blog digs up and discusses events and experiences from her own collaged history on having a stigmatized condition known as bipolar. She relates, reflects, and refocuses it into infectiously funny anecdotes and amusing stories that will have you in stitches. Being a roaming artist, a roaming distracted artist, that reinvents and reimagines her goals constantly, this podcast takes you down a twisting rabbit hole of icons and avenues of slightly familiar yet offbeat occurrences. Join every other week as she delves into her own bizarre memory banks, pulling out some eccentric moments that capture the intimacy on the ups and downs of this disorder lived out in her electric days of her rebellious youth. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tangentialist Podcast with Macy Gage, and let's just dive right in. I'm also going to sort of just kind of apologize, it's such a Canadian thing to do, but I there's been a delay uh, in this last couple of weeks because uh, my other half broke his toe, of all things. Um, we, were, we were just uh, downtown, uh, and... Or as I'm about to say that we don't go downtown, which we have, you know, we find the time, you know, not very often, but we do. And, and yeah, he just stumbled on some uneven, uneven concrete, uh, walking downtown. And it just, yeah, he like basically fell right to the ground and like me and uh, his friend were there and we were able to sort of catch his arms just so, you know, he didn't do a face plant right in the concrete. but. But yeah, he his his yeah his toes just swells right up, and we thought about going to to the hospital there, but it just made no sense to really do it quite downtown. We thought better to go sort of to the the hospital in our closer to our area where we're, we're living. So so we did that, and uh, yeah, he's out for a month for, to heal, and I don't think they'll do physio for that kind of stuff, but. But he's gotta, yeah. He's just gotta, he's gotta rest, recover, and and I gotta be at his beck and call, which is fine by me. I mean, it'll be a little annoying, but I'm sure I'll. I would rather him stay safe and and yeah, just take it easy and and heal naturally and just yeah, get better. So episode today is called. It's actually number twenty eight, and it is called. Abstracting nature, expanding our freaks. Now that requires some explaining to do. So let's just, yeah, just uh, get right into it. So abstracting nature, what I was meaning with this, actually, let's start at the beginning. Hello, glorious humanoids. Welcome back to the Tangentialist podcast. Uh, Actually, didn't I just do this? Uh, This episode is number 28 and it's titled Abstracting Nature, Expanding Our Freaks. And this has many layers, so so let's just dive right in and get to it. I titled this episode that because as the years have progressed, I have leaned on those first two words to becoming sort of my focus as an artist, as a thinker, and how I sort of see the world around me. I am always attempting to abstract the nature I see around me, whether that be the physical, uh, natural world I like surrounding myself with, or 
or the behavior and relationships I see in the characters in stories, or even with uh, or the behavior and relationships I see in the characters and stories, or even the people in my life. That was me repeating myself because I repeat myself uh, at times. So anyway. That being said, I need to expand on that a bit more, Uh, but first let me explain a little bit about what I mean by expanding our freaks, and this, to my mind, connects to how I choose to see myself and those that sort of inhabit my world. Sorry to say that, that it's in no way meant as a slight or a put-down. I, in fact, think it is kind of a compliment because Who really wants to be thought of as normal anyway? Expanding our freaks is another way of expressing the same as expanding our community or circle of friends. In my mind, uh, these two phrases are sort of interconnected because they are both describing human interactions in a a loose sort of way as well as a sort of visual or artistic way. Abstracting is an adjective, and with quotations here, thought of apart from concrete realities, specific objects, or actual instances, an abstract idea. And I guess now that I I see sort of the definition before me, I am the one that's thought of apart from concrete realities. However, that was not sort of the initial intent. So back to what I meant. (laughs) And what I meant was abstracting nature or abstracting the natures of people and places was where and what I wanted to do when I first got out of university. When I was sort of figuring out where sort of Jude and I were going to take our life and where we were going to live and work and figure out all those sort of grown-up decisions we were about to make. And in some ways, it was overwhelming, as I think it is, you know, for everyone out there, right? Just, you know, sort of, uh, what what do we call it? Wearing our big grown-up sort of pants and just walking down the street and just making those big decisions and, and, you know, taking on life, right? Uh, But taking it in stride, And I took on every day as sort of an art piece that I had to find the sort of visual answer to. I had to create. I did that, and I kept creating new artworks. So many are little tiny urban uh, sort of apartment. Like, I'm saying urban. I mean, just like downtown city life. So I'm just sort of implying that, as I'm guessing that everybody would know, but I'll explain it right here is that as, you know, like living in a, a downtown city sort of uh, apartment or flat or whatever, it's it, it was really small. It was actually quite small. So always painting, you know, paintings, the walls started to close in on me. But that's really an excuse. So yeah, I had to cur- I had to keep creating new artworks. So many our apartment kept getting smaller and smaller as the works kept getting bigger and bigger. The only problem was I was barely selling any of them. 
and I think a lot of people go through this. Um, I found an agent at one of my shows that agreed to take me on, but that ended up being a scam, unfortunately. He he took my money no problem. <laughs> that didn't work out as any sales, unfortunately. After a year, I realized he was taking me for a ride. And, you know, I mean, I can, uh, it was... It was a chance I, I, you know, I had to take. And after a year, it's like, okay, this isn't, this isn't going anywhere. And after that, Jude eventually found sort of a work placement in another city, just sort of north of the capital of uh, the province of Ontario, Toronto. And so, uh, yeah, we just, we just ended up moving sort of back to where he was actually born, that little city. And isn't that an odd one, right? Well, I was originally thinking my life was over (laughs) with this sudden change. But with time, I realized it was only a short distance from, you know, Toronto, which is the city I'm from, and, and we could just come back to the big city whenever we wanted trouble was we really didn't end up doing that at all. We became so involved in the life we started to build in this sort of suburb that the city life began to become just sort of separate from our our priorities. Essentially, it became too expensive for us to even, to to sort of maintain. We, We were in love with the idea of finding the time to quote, hang out in the city and, and go to all of our favorite places, which, by the way, have dwindled to nearly none. <laughs> now that it has been nearly a decade since we have moved away from, from downtown. But anyway, uh, back to expanding our freaks. And so this section, I wanted to go over how important developing relationships are or sort of our expanding our network of sort of our community, really. Uh, that didn't come out right. <laughs> Let me say that again. So this section, I wanted to go over how important developing relationships are uh, or expanding our networks or communities and how important this really is because as I have been getting further and further away from, from both my injury, my traumatic brain injury, and my sort of educational years where I was sort of, which everyone knows is where, when you're in sort of an educational setting, you're just surrounded by strangers basically for eight hours a day. And so you're sort of, in a way, forced to create relationships with these people. Obviously not, you're not going to be forced to create relationships with the ones that you don't really like, but you end up just creating those bonds with people that just seem, you know, like you connect with that, you know, there's some, some sort of mutual ground that just, that just, that works for, for people that just end up becoming friends together. So, but the more difficult I am finding it is, uh, these years away from the bigger city and the way, the years away from those educational settings, I'm finding it's just, it's just difficult to develop and manage and maintain all these sort of uh, relationships, and to encourage new and lasting friendships. It's just, it's been a difficult sort of process, right? So, 
In classes, it seemed easy because we had things in common and we were in a set place for a set amount of time. The same thing with work colleagues. You sort of are at the same place, same set place for a set amount of time doing the same sort of thing and just sort of relationships are bound to develop. Well, I have thought a lot about this and I've been given times on where to go online to, to quote, meet people. But essentially, I have to make the effort. I mean, I may go volunteer at the library or, or take some class, like smaller classes, like just some art stuff or I don't know what right now, but, but sort of just some small classes at sort of either the local college or, or see what happens uh, with whatever sort of institutions are in the area. But I'm not interested in meeting people online because I just think that sends the wrong vibe. I think it just creates this this uh, sort of expectation, whether it's real or unfounded, that it's just like you're expecting to to get with people, like you're expecting hookups, and I just don't like that. That's sort of yeah, that's just not for me. But putting myself out there in that way that it would it would appear that way, and I just don't like that. So I know that works for some people, but but not for me. And I know it is necessary to develop and nourish all relationships because we are social beings. It is part of our well-being. So good luck, everyone, uh, in making sure you are keeping connected with the, the relationships in your life. If you have to make new connections, you know, there are so many ways out there to do that. So the insight for this episode is when you fall in love with the idea of something rather than the actual follow through. And I think a lot of us uh, go through that. I I know for for sure, for s- some examples for myself have been, you know, I, I really wanted like thousands of friends with social media. And it's like, you can't, you can't really have that many friends. I mean, how can you talk to all of those people once a week, twice a week, once a month, even still, that is a lot of extracurricular activities. Because if you think about it, we've just, we've got a lot on the go. And yeah, there's just, there's just millions of things that we do. So to be able to be socially active and it's just impossible. So uh, there's me being in love with the idea of being that social or even being uh, just, you know, I want to, I want to skydive. I want to, I want to scuba dive, you know, like there's, there's a lot of things that I'm in love with the idea of, but the actual practicality is, it's not really realistic. It's good to, to have sort of a, a rational side to the, to these sort of aspirations or dreams that sort of come into our, into our awareness that we were like, oh yeah, that's so great. And there's obviously a social pressure to it too, because Maybe we're discussing this with, with friends or family and we're like, oh yeah, we're going to do it. And it's like, mm, really, can we really practically get there? Can we practically do the training involved? Can we um, not just physically, but also pay for these, whatever, if we want. Yeah, that's another thing that I'm in love with the idea of going on holiday. But then I just am so aware of the the exhaustion, the cost, and just the all that goes along with being in airports and just how organized you have to be to try to make sure that this doesn't happen to you. Just a basic sort of framework for this is like when you, when you think 
you want to do something, you just kind of have to set up sort of a little pros and cons or just sort of a practical list for yourself that, that you can write up at any time, really. Just just a conscious of, okay, what is this going to cost? How, how am I going to get to this sort of activity or goal? Um, what are the steps involved? Do I need to do specific training? Can I get my body to do this specific training? Become very aware of all the steps involved in these things that, that you're falling in love with the idea of. And then you can quickly do that or make it that it's a sort of quick sort of assumption that you go through in your head while you're thinking about it. And then you can just sort of stop yourself and go, wait a minute. No, no, I can't actually do that, you know. And then it's not, and then we don't get caught up in the, yeah, falling in love with with the idea of things rather than the actual rational, practical activity of it. So thank you, Glorious Humanoids, for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. And this is what I will go into great deal with in the next episode, as I take you down another rabbit hole of my heady days of my rebellious youth, tripped up by disorder. Holding up these anecdotes, I express them to you, and I give them, for you to enjoy and consider as I reflect and remodel and re-engage what the future has for me. On these social platforms. See you next time on the Tangentalist.